Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast today. I am, as usual, with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Fantastic, thanks. How are you? I'm tired <laughs> because uh, like we're basically recording that podcast as we're, I mean, we're going through the launch of uh, Atari Hacker Pro and it's been quite a bit of work on our end, but uh, I'm really excited to see all the new faces. So if you guys joined, welcome and we'll see you on the webinars for the Platinum member and on the Facebook group for everyone. And if uh, you haven't joined yet, you can always go over to authorityhacker.com forward slash pro and uh, sign up today. I think as this goes out, we'll be closing tonight at 11 p.m. So uh, do that quickly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So today, because we've released a bunch of podcasts on you know, advanced tactics, etc. last week, there was five podcasts, in, you missed it, and all of them on very actionable stuff. So we're taking a bit of a quote-unquote off week. It's not like we're going to not talk about actionable stuff, etc. but we're talking about stuff that's not directly related with uh, online marketing. We're talking about how we did an epic failure with our office opening in February this year. And basically things you need to consider if that's something that you should consider. So there's going to be a part of you know what happened and there's going to be an actionable part, which is mostly going to be Mark because he's the guy. Like I'm basically the guy that's just glued to his computer screen. And as soon as I like did put my eyes off it, I'm basically useless in life. So Mark's basically dealing with all that stuff. So he'll be talking a lot more, but I think we should. And if uh, this is sounding a bit familiar for anyone who's been like a long time listener of the podcast, that you're not mistaken here. We did actually do a podcast. Uh, I think this is going back to episode 15 or something like that. We did do a podcast on this very topic two years ago, something like that, when we, we vowed never to, to get an office again. Um, but then we <laughs> broke that rule and then instantly regretted it. So basically the story is uh, of, of why. So what happened? Let's just go for it. All right. So I'm going to catch everyone up really quickly. And like, this is actually our fourth office, fourth and final office, I should say. But and you listen to that again in like three years and be like, yeah. wow. Well, I actually did. It's interesting because I actually did something which I never do. Like this is, I think the only time I've ever done it is I actually listened to one of our own podcasts. I hate the sound of my own voice, and I, I just don't like listening to them. I probably should, because it probably uh, get some interesting, yeah, you know, lessons on that. But I actually went back this morning and re-listened to that whole episode, and I was just basically thinking, like, dude, if we had listened to that before actually opening the office, we, we probably would never have done it. So yeah, that was kind of interesting. But the story for anyone who hasn't heard that that the past episode is like six years ago now, maybe going on seven even. I forget, yeah. but Gail and I, we had a marketing agency, did sort of SEO and that kind of stuff. And uh, this is going through it very quickly. So basically we started with a small office, then we went into like a big corporate kind of office and that was too big and too expensive and it was wrong for a whole host of reasons. Then we went back down to like a smaller kind of essentially apartment size office. Then we got rid of that and went full remote. And then a lot of things were changing at the time. We sold our agency. We, we did a podcast on that as well, if you guys are interested. By the way, all the links and show notes and stuff for today, you can find them at authorityhacker.com forward slash office podcast. So if you want to check out some of the other podcasts. All in one world. To it all there. in one world. Yeah. 
that was around the time when we got rid of our third office we spent maybe two years or a year like sort of transitioning away from like the agency into doing authority sites full-time basically and two years ago we were dead set on never having an office again i guess we just kind of liked we're in that kind of early stage mood happy to get away from it happy to be working from home you know one of the things i remember you saying in that podcast gail is how much you you need to in like complete silence and you you like yes. working at home because it's quiet and there's there's no distractions and you know one of the things i was saying actually was i and i had imagined that training people is much easier face to face but i also said that having said that i have gotten better at, at training people virtually and this was two years ago so going through that whole the last two years essentially by continuing to do that continuing to to train people virtually i have actually gotten quite a, quite a bit better of it and that will sort of play into the, the the story in a second. But essentially what happened is our team started to grow and our, t- our team in Budapest has started to grow as well. So we started hiring full-time people here. And uh, then we, I think it was maybe about six months ago, like our talk, our talks, our weekly talks, we sort of started, I'm not really sure how it came out. I, I, can you remember? But like it, it just started sort of, it became a thing that, yeah, okay, it's something we want to do. We're going to open an office. We're going to do it again. Well, the thing is, it started, the reason it started is because we wanted to grow our link building operation. Mm-hmm. And so like at the time, how we were doing it was quite labor intensive. I mean, if you've been to the webinar, like, you know, things like uh, filtering, the right, finding the right email, like we didn't use Hunter back then, etc. right? And so we were like, well, we're going to need a bunch of people to do that. And then a couple weeks later, as we were deep into opening the office, we actually made so many productivity breakthroughs that the number of people required to do the same thing was like, you know, instead of like seven people, one person was sufficient, you know? Yeah, and not even full-time one person, like uh, like half of his time, basically. But for some reason, we never, or I at least, never quite equated that to the office. The office was just something separate that was happening, and it kind of like built up its own momentum. And so, you know, this was happening. It took us, didn't take us very long to like really find one and, and, and all that. And we, we found a pretty good one. I mean, it was right next to your apartment, like literally yeah. two minutes, two minutes walk. So, I mean, it was a good location, good size. It had like super fast internet. So in this part it of the world, great. In, yeah. in, in Europe, like it's quite common for like small offices to actually not be in these, you know, big corporate buildings with security guards, but rather just be in an apartment building in like the city center. And the square meter, the square foot price is is much, much cheaper. You know, you're missing things like, you know, underfloor cabling or like uh, in some cases they don't have Ethernet and, and whatnot. But, you know, those those aren't really like big deals uh, when you're just a just a small team. But we found this place. It was how much was it? Again? It was like a thousand it was like 800 euros rent or something. Yeah, I mean, which is less than $1,000. It, it was really cheap. It was right in the center of, of town as well. So, you know. It was it, big, 105 square meters. Like, we could fit quite a few people in there. And there was one big room, which is always good, like, uh, for working together. So everyone's kind of together. And then it was all all fine, you know. Like, we knew what we were doing this time. We're like, we got the right chairs. You know, we knew exactly which kind of desks to get and, like, how to get them delivered and, like, even got someone to assemble them all. It was really, like, quite a lot smoother than any of our previous iterations uh, of this, I would say. But we moved in and sort of day one, and it just never quite sort of felt right. Yeah. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like I was downgrading my setup for work to start with. Just like, it's going to sound ridiculous, right, but screen resolution and stuff like that. So I work on a 5K iMac at home. So it's fast, it's got a beautiful screen, big one, etc. And then I moved into a smaller 1080p screen with my laptop in the office. And I mean, first of all, nothing was set up on my laptop for like permanent work, right? It's like it's, I mostly use it for like when I'm on the go. But it's also like it was a weird one because... The people we were in in the office are people that we've been working with for a long time, but we never worked face-to-face with each other. So there was kind of this awkwardness at that point as well. Because it had been so long since we've actually had an office, we, we tend to, I think with uh, memories, you tend to remember the good things, but forget the bad things. Like, I mean, there was nothing really, really bad. It was just the kind of annoying little day-to-day things like, you know, having to actually spend time and effort in, you know, like making the office nice and like homey and and stuff. I mean, we got nice chairs for everyone. We put a sofa in there as if that would magically change things. But it was just, you know, there's nothing in the anyone walls. Ever there was it. no plants. There was no, it, it didn't feel like a, a, a very like friendly, inviting, welcoming place to work. It was kind of like a cold, harsh, almost like a, a school exam room type feel to it. And I think it's something that's really important if you if you ever do get an office or even just like your general workspace is like actually invest a bit of time and effort. I mean, I'm terrible at doing these things like the design stuff, but ask a friend or, you know, ask your mom or something to like help you get some plants and stuff like that. I think it would make a big difference. So that we definitely messed up on like not kind of making it nice initially. And I think once you don't do that initially, it, you just kind of get used to it and like, oh, well, I've got more important things to do than buy some freaking plants, you know. I would also say that I don't think we really had enough critical mass in terms of people to yeah. make the working environment work, really. And as you said before, that's kind of a, a product of us being too efficient with our, our processes that we didn't really need to grow the team as we as I guess we expected. I mean, there was just four of us in there. But, you know, for example, I was away for like two or three weeks, like right at the start. And then, you know, you were working on like a, a blueprint for like a week and a half. So you were doing that at home show up, yeah. where you, like audio recording and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that was definitely like, a, I think, another failure. But really, like the thing that which which was biggest for me was I feel like there's this like false sense of productivity in being there in person working with someone else. And I think that if one of your employees is sitting across the room from you, even in, you know, if you can't see what they're doing, you just feel like they're working because they're there. And there's this kind of like anxiety, which a lot of people have, I guess, with uh, remote staff that they're not going to be, you know, they're going to be billing them for hours or they're just going to like take half a day off or, you know, like not going to be working productively. As much as I like try and avoid that, I, I sometimes have that. But for whatever reason, being in person, it just, I just presumed even, you know, I, ne- I, I never even like actually checked fully like if that was the case that people were working you know effectively and weren't just sitting there you know on facebook or whatever but yeah i mean it's just like false sort of security and or false i don't know false sense of everything is going to be okay because they're they're there in person and it really doesn't make too much difference i think there's a lot of evidence in fact most evidence i've read says that people are much more productive when they're they're at home and I can kind of feel that myself because there was times when there's times when like I'm at home and I've been working on like something I just want I need to take like a, a break. So I'll just like stand out, walk around the apartment, you know, go play some Zelda for 20 minutes, something like that. Hmm. And you can't really do that in the office. You just kind of like stuck there. Even I was doing it for like time to time, like stuck there kind of 
not pretending to work, but just kind of procrastinating. Because I was straight up watching YouTube videos when I didn't feel like it, but yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. But there's no problem with that. Like, if you want to watch a YouTube video or play some Overwatch or whatever, and it's Zelda. In the I couldn't. That was on my laptop. That was one <laughs> of the biggest frustration. Yeah. No, but like, if you want to do that in the middle of the day, that's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, nobody is built to work, like, you know, from nine to five or nine to six or whatever, and just solidly at 100% efficiency and then stop. It just doesn't work like that. It's unrealistic. And I think having the, those kind of expectations, they're just not workable, at least not for us. Um, maybe there's some like crazy person out there that's, that can do that. Everyone with um, a 9 to 5 job? Yeah, but I don't know anyone with a 9 to 5 job that really works like that. You know, like you always have your ebbs and flows in terms of how, yeah, how effective you're you working. You have the, the, the team meetings, you know? Yeah, yeah. And another thing which kind of is kind of in the same boat with like being there in person, but I find that so it's because it's easier to give people instructions, you know, you can just stand out, walk over and like point to their screen, like click here, do this, do this and explain it to someone in person with your body language and, you know, talking to them face to face. That's quite an effective way to give some instructions to people. But because what I found was because it's so easy to do that, I would always spend less time myself thinking of what the instructions I want to give are and less time clarifying them because it's so easy for that person just to turn around and you know ask a follow-up question in five minutes. So it works. We're definitely able to give people instructions and train people and whatnot this way. But since we've gotten rid of that office, what I found is because I'm doing a lot more screencast type instructions now. I use Snagit for that. And what that, that I feel like that's forcing me to kind of clarify in my own mind really what those instructions should be and like deliver those instructions as clearly and as succinctly as possible rather than kind of blabbing on without really thinking about it for five minutes, you know? I think it also documents stuff. So like, you know, when you stand up and you walk to someone in the office mm -hmm. and you just show them how to do something, when you're done, it's all gone, you know? Right. So it's in their head. But like, whereas when you have to record a video or show, like, write something in the chat, even and so on, you can always refer back to it. And I think that's like value that a lot of people ignore, actually. Yep, for sure, for sure. And it, this is going to sound really stupid, but you know, just remembering the fact that you actually have to go to the office in the morning. Like for me, it, it was such a, cause I was so used to just, oh, if I need to go pick up something from the post office, I can do that at 11 o'clock. But of course I could do that if I wanted to, but I kind of felt like I had this commitment between sort of nine and six to, to be there. And it kind of, it messed up my whole routine. And like, I ended up in this kind of work, non-work state. So when I was at the office, I was working, but when I was home, I would come home at like six or, or whatever and didn't want to do any work in the evenings. And right now, like when I'm working from home, I kind of, I guess I spread my day out a little bit more over the, the whole waking hours. And I don't know, I just prefer it that way. You know, the more we're talking about this, the more I realize it's a problem with us, not the office, you know? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like all these things can easily be avoided, right? I mean, like you could have more flexible times to go to the office. The problem is critical mass because we didn't hire as much because we were too efficient, essentially. Yep. And then it's like, if there's two people at the office, it feels really weird, you know? But it just feels, I mean, it just feels like a lot of these things we're talking about, even like the, the it's a lot of like us getting used to not go to an office. Yep. And then adding that constraint back, which feels more freedom limiting and also maybe our inability to take advantage of the situation as much as we could have 
For sure, for sure, yeah. Versus the actual office being like a major issue. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both important. I definitely think our personalities and our styles are do not lend themselves well to to office work at all. Like even if we had that critical mass, I, I, I think it would have been you know equally as bad, maybe worse actually. Basically, but, when you find your freedom back and you find a good flow, it's really hard to go back to an office, I think. Yeah, something I also found is being there in person, we all made like a lot less effort to actually communicate with each other because it felt like, oh, we could just chat them anytime we want. There were literally days when I would barely talk to people. Yeah. Just, I was working away. And despite there being face-to-face, but now that we've gone back to the, the remote setup, you know, I make an effort to like say hello and like, you know, chat to people kind of every day. In fact, I made a new rule in the team where we have to, uh, everyone has to say hello in the morning and like when they're going for lunch and when they're they're going out, not to monitor people's time, just to kind of like get a bit of chat going and just so everyone knows who's who's where and, and whatnot. And that's pretty cool. I forget, I think I found that tip on like some blog post somewhere. I forget which one it was. I mean, when we have to make a rule where people say hello, it shows how good we are communicating, you know? No, I mean, this was a, I really forget which company it was. It was like a, one of the big companies that do the work online, uh, like one of the Silicon Valley type ones. Okay. Uh, they implemented this rule and they said it just made a much better kind of like Slack team spirit. You know, people were, were sort of chatting a bit more and, and, and whatnot. And it also for employees, if you're not, because for our full-time people, I mean, at least most of them, we don't use you know, any kind of time tracking software like uh, Hubstaff or, or anything like that. We do use Hubstaff but for mostly for uh, like per hour type people. For those people, often they can feel a little bit like, oh, does do they really know that I'm working today? Or, you know, it, it just gives them the chance to demonstrate that, that yes, they are, they are around and stuff as, as well. So it's kind of like a, a little thing there too. But yeah, I mean, all these things kind of, I guess, came to a head it was maybe like six weeks into it, I think. Like you and I had a meeting and you had been working from home, quote unquote, working from home. Yeah, for... I was working. I was not playing Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, I know. But so basically you, you've been doing that for a, a week or so. Yeah, when you were back, when you we were not. Had, we had uh, a meeting actually in TGI Fridays of all places. Not quite sure. We haven't been there in ages, but we had a lunch meeting there. And I wanted to kiss it yeah. I was like... <laughs> Yeah, this this office is. I don't think it's going very well. No, it's like and, the question, how it came up was like, hey, how do you like working in the office? <laughs> you asked me that, and I said I hate it, and then you said me too. <laughs> Shall we get rid of it? <laughs> and then and then there was a ten second break <laughs> where I just like took some food or something, <laughs> and then we said, yeah, why are we doing this? And that's how essentially we were like, let's get rid of it. Yeah. So essentially, it took us maybe. 20 seconds to make that decision and then we kind of evaluated how much we'd spent on it because i mean we had a two-month deposit which is like you know 1500 euros something like that and we'd actually spent a fair bit of money on new desks and uh, chairs and stuff from from ikea and whatnot i forget exactly how much it was it it wasn't like five thousand dollars or something like that yeah, I mean, if anyone's in the U.S. listening to that podcast, they must be amazed at how cheap all that stuff is, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, IKEA is the same price in, in every Yeah, country. true, but like, you know, the office yeah. price, I mean, like, you, yeah. you barely get a one-person desk for that price in the U.S. Yeah. So what we actually did is uh, one of our friends, Budapest, actually was looking for an office as well, and we convinced him to take our one. 
thanks Josh, because we gave him all our furniture for free, basically. Yeah, so we took a five thousand dollar hit, basically. Yeah, we got our deposit back and like got out of the contract, got out of the lease. So and then yeah, that's things have been kind of smooth sailing from there, really. Um, I mean, look at how much people spend on education, you know. It, it's kind of like it's your it's your tuition fee <laughs> so yeah it's like we've learned by doing essentially but it, it wasn't too bad it sucks to lose five thousand dollars but it's not the end of the world i mean in the scheme in the grand scheme of things i think when you compare it to our past mistakes with things like hiring the yeah. wrong people i think it, it's just it's doesn't even register on that scale you know i mean yep. we've we've wasted ten hundreds of thousands of dollars on on bad decisions uh in in, in hiring before but what it, I think there has been some pretty good positive things come out of it now. As I said, like our in the link building team, we have this kind of just everyone saying hello and, and stuff. It sounds like such a bullshitty kind of like this isn't going to make a difference thing, but it's it's cool. I would definitely recommend this to to any teams who are who are working remote. Should make an ebook about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand dollar video course as well with a upsell, sure. Okay, but also what it has done as well is we think, well, we were going to be spending, I don't know, like $10,000 a year or something on this this office space. But now we actually want to use that same money to bring some of our other team who were not based in Budapest here for like this summer. So we're, we're organizing like an authority hacker, you know, team get together. So like a lot of our, our guys, in fact, three of them who are coming out, we, we've never met them before in person. Talk about awkwardness again. <laughs> That'll be fine. Lewis so, is actually listening to our podcast. <laughs> He's preparing the notes. So, <laughs> so we're going to do that. And I mean, we could have and we should have, and we kind of thought about doing that anyway. But it, for some reason, like getting rid of the office and the projected expense from that kind of almost made it like, oh, well, we might as well spend the same money we were going to spend on doing this. And I mean, we'll let you know how it goes in September or whatever. But I think, it's, I think that's going to be like a, a big big thing for us as well i'm quite looking forward to that you know meeting people face to face always a uh you know it always helps you develop a better relationship uh yep. with people i mean it's the way i see it is like i mean it's a little bit off topic so i'm not gonna be long but the way i see it is like you know when a project's doing well it's worth investing it's in in its current team and bringing it together because yep. that's the best investment you can make if you're doing well like you, you just want to keep that thing going and if if some of your key people are like not as invested it's this is a, a huge cost to your company. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And another thing which actually, which we started doing with the, the link building team is because those guys are based here in Budapest. Is, so we have a weekly meeting every Friday, but every second one, we do that in person now. And I sort of take them for lunch. So, you know, it's a small thing, but it's just still kind of like continuing that in-person relationship on a, a sort of more regular regular basis without sort of having to, to do do the office kind of thing as well that's um, one of the perks of working together it's like before we prepare that podcast i actually had no idea you had lunch with them <laughs> <laughs> so it gives me no but like it's, it's actually good it's like this is one of the perks of having a co-founder someone on the same level as you you don't even have to oversee things like very important parts of your business and it's very good because it gives me mind space to focus on something else you know i mean it's good i know now but it's cool that you took the initiative to do that. I think we've only done we've only done it once since we got we got rid of the office like three weeks ago or something four weeks ago. So we're 
we're going to have another one basically after this launch. But I was going to invite you, but I didn't even bother because you were just like slammed on the uh, the webinar and the uh, okay. AH Pro stuff. It's okay. We can talk about this after the podcast. <laughs> don't, <laughs> d- don't worry. You can come if you want, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just a, another, like a few things I, w- I just want, a few other things I just want to share about working working remotely is that in terms of like tools we use to, to facilitate this, we use Slack for all our communications. I've mentioned this in several other podcasts, I think. But basically, if you're running a remote team, you need to be using Slack or one of the very similar alternatives. I, I haven't used them myself. Google is coming with a new one for Google Suite. I think by like September, October, it should be out. Basically, they're rebranding Hangout to be a Slack competitor. And when you have you know, Google Apps slash Google Suite, you'll actually have it built in for free. So that will probably be the best alternative in a few months. But it, I mean, if you're still using, you know, just email and uh, Skype chat to communicate with your whole team, like stop, get Slack. It's, it's a complete game changer. Everyone I've recommended it to in similar situations has loved it. We use Google Drive for uh, to basically all our documents are in the cloud to manage everything, everything there. We use Asana for uh, to-do lists, for content production, for just anything which kind of re- requires a, a process. And uh, I use Snagit, which is by TechSmith, the same company which makes Camtasia. It's like a screencast slash screenshot annotation software. It's, it's super cool, really like sort of lightweight and easy easy to use, quick to make a little screencast video. So I'm a big fan of that. And I'm using this maybe like three, four times a day to give instructions to people, I'd say on average. So yeah, that's basically it. We use Hubstaff just to really just to monitor our hourly staff. So people who have like an hourly rate, like it's actually a really cool tool. Like if you're hiring people outside of Upwork or something, it's basically putting the hub or the Upwork framework around remote staff. So if if you hire on like Pro Blogger or if you hire anywhere else, like Craigslist, I don't know where you hire people. It really is like it gives you all the tools you would have had with Upwork for much much cheaper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would never I would never publicly advise doing this, but you know, if you were let's say hypothetically to take some of your Upwork staff and then move them off of Upwork, this would probably be the tool you would want to use to manage them. Yeah, I guess I tried uh, to be a little bit more subtle about yeah. that, but you just went right into it, so yeah. that's good. <laughs> but uh, what I will say as well is if you're there we have some staff who we don't don't use it for and that tends to be like writers or anyone who's doing an output-based task where it's, you know, like you're, we're, we're paying them per word or per, per article, then, there, I mean, there's not really any point in them having that because it's, it's more to, to track, like, are they being productive? And, you know, it doesn't matter really how long they're, they're taking to do that because you're only paying them for the, the output in that case. But, but yeah, anything else you, you want to say about that, about working remotely? Not really, other than it's really up to your personality. I also know a lot of people that I talk to that, you know, have literally the, the opposite mindset where they're less productive when they're alone, you know? Yep. So, uh, you know, everything we say is kind of tailored to the nerdy introvert type personality. If you're the guy that needs a lot of people around them, then I'd say take everything we say today and do the opposite, you know? Because I just know, like, we have friends that actually do much better in the office. And actually, I think Josh does much, be- much better in the office right now that he took over. So, yeah, just wanted to say, like, this is not a one-size-fits-all type advice here. Right. 
just a few other points actually that that like uh, I I I guess I should probably put them in the last podcast we did about the office, but I just want to say like here are some like just a few warning things that, that you should should be careful of. The first one is don't sign a long lease. So this is like a super common problem that like start growing rapidly growing startup companies have is that they think that their growth is going to continue at the same or an increased rate forever. It's not, it's always going to ebb and flow. It doesn't matter how successful you are or not, but like signing a five-year lease or a two, even a two-year lease in some cases, it's like, it, it really restricts your flexibility. If you're going to do that, at least have a kind of like an opt-out clause of, of some kind. As you've heard Gail and I say, like using an apartment as instead of a commercial office space can often be a lot cheaper, sometimes as much as half the price of a regular commercial office space. So those kind of things uh, may be worth looking into depending on, on how it is in your city. Like everything in the lease, everything in the lease is negotiable. Don't let the landlord say, that, oh, this is kind of standard. I would also say check the internet speed. This is a problem we had with our very first office yeah. we had a 10 megabit connection and um, it was like a couple of years ago it was like four or five years ago oh uh, yeah it's five six years ago now but still yeah. this was i mean there was maybe what like 20 odd people in there at some point maybe more and it just it didn't work you know so yeah, at some point people were working on 3g dongles yeah because the internet was like intermittently going down as well and so on so yeah it's like you you really want to at least i'd say Nowadays, you'd want at least 50 megabits per second for any place where you, you're going to be. Yeah, yeah. When you are getting an office, like there's a lot of extra expenses which you won't for at first consider. Things like, you know, trash bags and, you know, cleaner and toilet paper and just all, all of these little things, which if you're living alone or, you know, just with one or two other people, then it's you don't really consider it so so much. But when you have, you know, five, ten people in an office, all these costs are like really start to to mount up quite rapidly. One thing we we literally fell for this hook line line and sinker again is uh a lot of people think that getting a sofa is just like gonna make their office a fun place to be for some reason. But I literally don't think anybody used that sofa in six weeks. No, the, the nobody weekend. nobody sat on it ever. Not once. Like not even once. <laughs> no. So little things like that, it's not tends not to be like such a big deal. I think Yeah, but if you don't do it, it looks empty, you know. I, I think that you as a not you, Gail, but like <laughs> you the business owner are kind of the most important part of the furniture of your of your office. And if you're in there with the right mentality, the right attitude and you know, you're generally enjoying it as a place to work, then I think other people will as well, even if it's not, you know, the nicest place and doesn't have massage chairs and you know all these things that you see google have in their in their office the marginal utility of those is pretty minuscule compared to how much you and your attitude can actually affect things so yeah that's pretty much all i got to say about that uh anything else to add not really i think it's the, the value of that podcast was more than the practical value the value of the experience and just like you have these phases where you spend a long time in your current situation. So, you know, we've had an office for a long time, then we've worked at home for a long time, etc. And you won't change, right? And when you won't change, you'll kind of find a reason why you need it to happen. So, you know, maybe the scaling link building was an excuse, right? An excuse for us. Maybe, you know, like things are picking up and we're like, we're getting serious again, etc. And, and, and it's, you know, it felt maybe like the right thing. And maybe that's something I'm going to be a little bit more vigilant about is like catching 
this thrive for change, like for the sake of change, not necessarily for real uh, reasons. And that can happen for many other things than an office. It can happen to buy a new laptop. It can happen for the place where you live. It can happen for many, many things where you're going to make a rush decision just because you're bored or you want to change or you feel like you should do it. But there's no real, like it's, you know, we could have stopped the project of the office as soon as we realized that we made that huge progress in productivity for lean building. Uh, and we didn't because I think there was a part of us that wanted that. So I'd say, uh, I think the, the final words will be watch out for this want of change. And especially when you're making money, you know, and, and it's something that I've noticed when we grew the agency, but maybe that was a little bit of a, a redundancy of that of that coming back. I was like, you have a bunch of money that you can spend back on your business and you, you know, it's a good problem to have, but you don't necessarily know where to put it. You know, it's like, it's definitely something that we're working on right now. It's like, we're doing really good with money coming in, but spending it back is not necessarily something that we do the best right now and we could do probably better and scale up, etc. And when you have that, you, you tend to not value it as much as you could and you spend it inefficiently, i.e. like you open an office. And, you know, we have we, we did not spend a lot of money, but we have a friend that literally like got in debt for hundreds of thousands of dollars for an office he closed a few weeks later as well. So it's not an isolated story. So, yeah, we basically be scarce with your money and investments the same way you would be if you're not very successful. And you probably have a much return on your dollars, basically. Wise words there. And I think we can both agree that if there's a point in future where we ever decide that we should open an office again, then before we make that decision, <laughs> we, should listen to we have whole to podcast. re-listen to this whole podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Guys, that was our off-week slash business talk. Not related to IM. We'll probably get back with to some IM topic next week. The launch will be over by then, but it is not over right now. So if you are not in Atari Hacker Pro yet, you can go check it out on atarihacker.com slash pro only for about 24 hours after we release that podcast otherwise you'll just get a closed page and uh, you can sign up for the waiting list for the next time we launch it but it's not very frequent thanks for listening we'll see you guys next week bye thanks for listening to the authority hacker podcast if you enjoyed this show don't forget to rate us on itunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium authority hacker training